listening to the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. We sit down with some of the most highly regarded experts in the field of rehab, from physical therapists, athletic trainers, and much more. We dive into what makes them tick and hear about the lessons they have learned along their journey. Come listen to what these experts have to say. And welcome inside to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Today, we have minor league physical therapist for the Kansas City Royals. We have Logan Goody. Logan, welcome on in. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Logan. Um, kind of give people a little bit of introduction and a little bit of background about who, who you are, uh, kind of where you went to school, and kind of a little bit more about you. Um, yeah, I was born in Kansas City. Um I moved around quite a bit when I was a kid, um, went to high school in Seattle, and then I played three sports growing up, uh, basketball, baseball, and football. And then um, after that, I went to Washington State University for undergrad, um, where I studied kinesiology and pre-physical therapy. Um, <clears throat> I knew kind of after playing sports, I wanted to stay um, working in sports, so I started in athletic training. So... Um, I wanted to be an athletic trainer at first. Um, and then after my first year, I got really interested in long-term rehab. Um, so I started, um, I switched my major from athletic training to kinesiology um, and pre-physical therapy. And then I ended up going to Duke University for PT school. Um, and then after that, I did my sports residency with ATI. And uh, that's kind of how I got um, into my sports, sports PT. And then after that, um, we worked in the clinic for two years uh, before getting the opportunity with the Royals. Gotcha. And so after you graduated from Duke and uh, you decided want, you wanted to get a residency, what was like kind of like that catalyst for you wanting to kind of continue your education afterwards? Yeah, I, I really felt prepared to be a PT, but I didn't necessarily feel that prepared um, in sports because obviously you get a lot more general education in PT school. Um, so I really just wanted to get that further education. I knew that would help me um, get into sports too. I knew having an SCS, um, can help me get, um, work or working with the sports team at some point. Um, and I knew, you know, I, I knew that would give me like the education I needed with mentorship and training room coverage, um, to be able to feel comfortable treating athletes at a little bit higher level. Right. And, uh, what about ATI's program in particular, um, made you kind of drawn to them? Um, you know, I knew they had kind of a more of a background in baseball, um, with the, with also having the fellowship. Um, so that was kind of big. Um, and I applied to a couple other residencies that I was also interested in, but unfortunately I didn't get a spot in e or either of the ones I had interviews with. Um, so I ended up being the only one, but I was still really drawn to that one. It was still my favorite one. And I also got to go back out to Seattle, um, and like their satellite location, um, which was big for me as well. Um, so that was, that was big. Um, and I was just really glad I got that opportunity, um, being the only one that I actually got accepted to at the time, because um, the two before that I didn't get accepted, and I was, you know, a little discouraged at first, but I was I was excited when I got the offer from ATI, and I knew how good of a program it was and how well it would prepare me. Gotcha. And what are some of the things that you feel like prepared you best? Obviously, you get all the education and uh, you know, like the training room coverage. But are there any lessons that you learned from the residency program that you've carried on into your practice today? Yeah. Um, there's, I think just getting that exposure in the training room, 
um, you know, with the athletic trainers um, and being able to work in more of like an interdisciplinary team was like the biggest thing um, for me. So um, getting to actually work with the other professions um, and all working as one unit to be able to uh, help treat athletes in the best way possible was probably the biggest, biggest thing that I learned. Um, and that was, or the biggest thing that, you know, I felt like was the best experience, I would say. And that helped me kind of prepare me for the job that I have today. Right. Um, and so you said afterwards you worked in the clinic and then you kind of ended up working with the Royals. Kind of tell us a little bit more about that transition from, you know, clinic life into working with now a professional baseball team. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's obviously very different, but, you know, I think the working in the clinic for a couple of years prior to working with the Royals um, was big because you get, um, you know, you get kind of everything thrown at you. Right. So you get, you know, all different types of athletes, um, all different types of patients and, and all different types of injuries. Right. So uh, that actually helps you quite a bit, even if you're going into more of a specialization. Um, and then kind of getting into the position with the Royals, I um, was contacted by my um, recent or my former um, clinical director and there's not, not clinic director, my residency director. And he um, told me that they had a temporary position with the Royals open, um, but it'd be kind of a quick turnaround. So I kind of made the hard decision to quit my job in Seattle and move down to Arizona um, in about three weeks or so um, to be able to take that position and and be able to um, start working with the Royals. Um, and at the time, it was temporary, um, but then um, they had a full-time position open at the end of the season, which I'm, I was grateful that I was able to get offered that position um, at the end of my time um, in that temporary role. Right. And so now that you're, you've been working baseball for a little while now, what are some you know unique challenges as you've played? You, know, you said you played in high school, and then you kind of known this is kind of the direction you want it to go what are some of the challenges that like you know are particular to baseball athletes like obviously we know shoulder and elbow issues are super prevalent but what are some things that you know a clinician that doesn't work baseball primarily would you know would like to know if they're end up working with a baseball athlete yeah so you know obviously you get the really common injuries like tommy john there's always a lot of shoulder injuries um, I think it's really just like it is with dealing with anyone in, in a particular sport, whether that be, you know, basketball, baseball, soccer. Um, I think it's just really understanding the demands of those sports, like what those athletes have to put their bodies through to be able to compete at a high level. So when they're injured and they have, you know, shoulder, elbow injuries, um, you know, that's you have to understand like how their body has to move and what they have to do to be able to throw a ball you know, hundred miles per hour to be able to, you know, steal a base. If it's like a lower body injury, it's, um, I think that's, that's important. Just knowing the demands of the sport and, um, you know, for whatever sport that is, not just in baseball, but understanding, um, exactly what those players have to put their bodies through in order to be successful. Um, and I think that's kind of what makes a really good, you know, sports PT in general. Right. Um, and so now that you guys are kind of, you guys are officially in the off season um, as it's when we're recording, this is the middle of November. Um, what is like your treatment style or approach kind of, how does it shift from when you're in season versus off, off season? Like I'm sure, you know, a lot of the guys probably go home and have their home bases that they work out at. Um, but how, for the people that you're still working with, how does um, your treatment kind of philosophy change when you're, you know, working games that are back to back and you're trying to just 
kind of maintain versus when people have a little bit more time to kind of focus on rehab and kind of getting themselves right? Yeah. So, um, for us, you know, as a PTs in our organization, we're really working with the guys that are kind of unable at the time. So whether it's in season or off season, we're really trying to get them back on the field, but there are some, um, differences in the off season, right? Because some of the guys that are just getting healthy now are really just trying to be able to get their bodies right in order for them to be ready for spring training next year. So, um, a lot of them, if they're like a pitcher per se, we're trying to get them to a point where we feel medically comfortable with them just going home and training um, in their off season and then building up, you know, a throwing program um, for them to be able to be ready for spring training. So um, that's kind of the, that's kind of the big thing that, you know, differs from off season to end season from our standpoint. Um, and then also, you know, timelines can change a little bit, you know, if we're trying to get them back um, during the season a little quicker then you know, the timelines could be a little more accelerated where in the off season, you know, we're not as a big of a rush because we know we have until um, January, February for them to really um, be kicking things into high gear, getting ready for spring training. Right. Um, so I kind of want to go back to one of your comments that you made about, you know, um, being a good sports PT and kind of knowing the different demands of the athlete that you're presented with in, um, in front of you. Um, so you've gone through residency and you've had, you know, plenty of good clinical mentors and other good PTs you've been around. So what are some things that you notice, some characteristics that stand out for a good sports PT to you? Yeah, I, th I think the biggest thing and, and <clears throat> you know, just kind of previously, previously mentioned a little bit um, is just understanding the demands of the sport, what the what the athlete has to put their body through in order to to be successful in their sport and being able to bridge that gap from, you know, being in rehab to being those players, being able to perform um, what they have to do at a high level and, and compete in games. Um, and I think the other thing from more of like a soft skill standpoint is being able to communicate. Um, so being able to communicate with players um, and kind of speak their language, because if you're able to do that, then they're going to be able to, you're, you're going to have, be able to have buy-in with those players and they'll trust you a little bit more, um, with their plan of care and just kind of being, knowing that they're going to be able to get back to the field if you're supervising their care. Um, so I think just being able to kind of, you know, speak their language, whether that's in a serious fashion or a joking fashion, just being able to communicate with, with them and, um, being able to, um, kind of explain to them, what they need to be able to do for them to get back to their sport. Right. Yeah. And I think those soft skills are, are super important and kind of overlooked often, uh, you know, when working with different types of patients, um, because those are the skills that kind of, like you said, create that buy-in and make sure that the person's on the same page and, and trust their care and their bodies basically to you. Um, so kind of on the opposite end, obviously those soft skills are much needed, but when working in baseball, are there are certain hard skills that you think are a prerequisite that a person that wants to work in baseball has got to have in order to make sure they can work with these athletes and because uh, there's specific demands. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's not a, a ton of research in baseball on, you know, actual return to sport testing and, and kind of what exactly they need to, to be able to do to, um, or like, you know, criteria per se, like there is kind of like an ACL or some of the other more commonly researched, um, and sports injuries for me able to get back to sport. Um, I think the biggest thing specifically for baseball is knowing what the baseball progressions are. So for pitchers, um, knowing, you know, that they're going to start throwing program, you know, they're going to do plyometrics. You're going to start a throwing program. You're going to start a bullpen progression. 
um, and then, you know, hopefully be able to do live VPs um, and then be able to get into games. So knowing like a stepwise progression for them to get as close as possible to game action before you actually put them in it. Um, same thing with position players with their hitting progressions and fielding progressions, if applicable. Um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing um, for baseball because there are a lot of steps along the way that you go from, you know, them being on the table or them doing rehab exercises to them actually competing on the field at a high level. Right. Um, and so, you know, now that you've been working in professional sports for a while, uh, so obviously you worked clinic. So what are some of those, you know, you know, and you've known you wanted to work in this realm. So what are some different challenges or, you know, issues, not, not necessarily issues, but things that have popped up that you did not expect when you entered into pro sports, something that may have surprised you about kind of like different tasks of the job. Um, I don't know if it's surprising, but you know, it's just the, the sheer number of kind of hours and days of the week that you, you have to work in, in professional sports, um, compared to the clinic where, where you're working your typical, like 40 hours. I think that's kind of a big thing. And, you know, you, there's always going to be a little bit more of a time commitment, um, and whatnot. So you kind of know that going in, but then actually getting to experience it, um, you know, is a different thing. Um, I think the other thing is just, um, kind of the team dynamic, right? So like being able to work with strength coaches, athletic trainers, um, you know, the sports science staff, uh, the nutritionists, you know, it's, it's all, that's, that's a major part of it. And, um, it's something you have to be able to do, um, in professional sports in order to be successful. Um, so I think that's a big thing. And then, and then just also the flow of the day. So like, you know, in a clinic you have, um, appointments with patients, you know, every hour, every half hour, um, and in the clinic or in the professional sports or in baseball, it's, it's a lot different. Um, just the, the flow of the day and, um, kind of, kind of everything that kind of goes into, you know, getting guys better on a daily basis and, and seeing them every day rather than two to three days a week. Gotcha. Um, and so as you, you've been working here, kind of walk us through, uh, a day in the life of what it's like to be you. Um, obviously right now you guys are, you guys are in off season, but so kind of give us a difference. Um, or a sh like a peek inside of what it's like to be off season versus what it's like to be in season for you guys. Kind of like walk us through your day. Yeah. So the, the off seasons, um, you know, it, that would probably bore you a little more because it's, we're mostly just focused on getting our rehab done, um, and kind of getting in and getting out. Um, you know, obviously we get all the pretty much the same work in that we do in season, but we just don't have to have all the other stuff that goes on in season, you know, at that time. So, you know, our days are shorter, um, but we pretty, pretty much go come in, um, eat breakfast, get a, as much rehab as we can done, um, go out to stretch and throw for whoever's doing that. And then, you know, if position players need to, to hit or field, we try to find a way for them to be able to get that done um, and then finish rehab and go home. So that's, that's pretty simple for the off season. Um, the in season, you know, is a little different because we report with the team, um, our AZL team, and we get there usually around 12 or one o'clock. Um, then we, we kind of have a similar schedule where we rehab, we'll go out to stretch with the team. Um, you know, they'll stretch and throw forever's throwing, um, you know, position players that are in these progressions will hit and field and do all that with the team or off to the side if they're not doing quite as much as the rest of the guys. Um, and then after that, you know, we have games in the evening. They're usually like 6 p.m. So if rehab guys are in the game, we'll 
you know, for sure watch them. Um, and then we usually try to catch a little bit of the game regardless. Um, but other than that, just finishing up documentation and, and whatnot. So the days are a little longer and there's a lot more uh, moving parts. And then you kind of just even multiply that in spring training. Um, and then that's kind of that's kind of the, the flow of of the day when when we're in season or, or have games um, with the team there. Right. Um, I, I kind of wanted to go back to one of our points that we were talking about earlier, working with, you know, the strength coaches, the dietitians, um, and then the other athletic trainers and other healthcare professionals that are on the sports medicine team. Uh, what are some things that you notice that kind of help make that communication between all those different people that are touching that same athlete? What's something that you notice that make it a little bit more seamless and a little bit easier to, uh, make sure everyone's on the same page for that athlete? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, impossible to over communicate. I think just, you know, if you, you'd rather over communicate than, than under communicate, right? Like you want to, you want to give them as much information as you possibly can. And you want them to give you as much information as you can, or they can from their side. And, um, I think the other biggest, the big thing with, um, communicate with them is trusting them at the same time. Right. So trusting them once, once you guys talk for them to be able to do their jobs and for you to be able to do your job. Um, you know, so like if you're talking with a strength coach, um, about a player, especially a player that's in rehab, if you're talking about their precautions, you know, what they can or can't do, um, it's, it's communicating that clearly. And then, you know, trusting them that they'll be able to, to carry through, um, with that, um, because they're all really good. Um, and it's the same thing with the other disciplines and kind of what they do. Um, but I think trust is huge with, um, when working with, with all those different, um, aspects of the athlete care. Right. Um, so do you have a favorite memory or anything that stands out in particular for your time with the Royal so far? Any, um, does it, it can be, you know, a game, it could be, you know, just a moment where you're just at work and working with re- uh, different athletes, anything that stands out in particular? Yeah. I mean, I, I think every day we, we really try to have as much fun as possible. Um, as far as one single moment, I mean, there's, there's been, you know, quite a few moments in my year and a half, um, since I've been there that, that I could, I could talk about, but I just think in general, how much fun we try to have in rehab, um, just because that can be a pretty dark time for some of those guys, just because, you know, for anyone that wants to go out and compete, it's probably the low point of your career, um, to be in rehab and, and trying to get back on the field with your teammates. Um, so we really just try to have as much fun as we possibly can. And, um, I think that's kind of just the culture that we try to build in the training room. Um, and then the other thing that makes it, you know, the job fulfilling, um, per se is, you know, watching those guys, once they're done with rehab, go compete on the field, um, and do everything they possibly can to, to help their team win. And I think that's, um, you know, that's kind of why we all do it, that work in sports or, um, you know, with a team sport or even in the clinic, they're trying to get, you know, your athletes back on the field is, is to watch them compete and do what they love. So, um, that's kind of the, that's kind of what you know, I think keeps us going a lot of times and, um, you know, is the main reason why a lot of us, um, are in that job. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so last question before we get you out here, Logan, do you have any advice for any aspiring sports PTs? Um, you know, well, I'll kind of make it to a two part question. Any advice for anybody that wants to be a baseball PT and then anybody that wants to be a sports PT in general? Yeah. Um, I, I think I'll probably answer it with, with this or both of those with the same answer. And I think the biggest thing is um, just to be patient. 
um, and, and do everything you possibly can to prepare yourself for that role when you get it. Um, so you may have to go outside of, you know, your typical day to, to find, you know, time um, in a training room, um, working with athletic trainers or, you know, covering events, if that's something that you're interested in. Um, and just finding things outside of your typical day to day that will help prepare you for a job in sports. Um, you know, I think that's, I think that's big. And then also just being patient, um, being patient is, um, what's key for me just because, um, you know, I was in the clinic for two years looking for a job in sports, uh, after, you know, my residency and, you know, at times it was frustrating cause I was applying to different, um, different jobs and, you know, what either wasn't hearing back or just didn't, wasn't able to make it all the way through and get those. So, um, that'd be my biggest piece of advice is, you know, prepare yourself as best you can, but after that, just, um, you know, be patient because as long as you do everything the right way, um, your time will, will come. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Cause I'm sure there's many people listening to this podcast that, you know, can find that, you know, are probably in the exact same situation you were in. Um, so I think that's great advice for anybody that's kind of wanting to get into sports at all. Um, Logan, this has been great. Um, I appreciate you coming on and taking some time, um, out of your off season to come chat with us. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to plug before we get you out of here? Um, no, I'm not on really social media or Twitter or anything. So I really don't, but I do appreciate you having me on. Uh, it was a good talk. Yeah. Thank you, Logan. Um, and this has been the latest episode of the sports rehab experts podcast. Thank you to minor league physical therapist for the Kansas City Royals, Logan Goody, for coming on to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. If you liked what you heard today from our guest, if you want to hear more from episodes from great future guests, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening.